Joel Salatin is an icon in the ag movement, in the self-sufficiency movement, and he has a lot of opinions on a crazy trend, the homesteading tsunami. We're going to take a deep dive into a lot of topics about, you know, the feelings that we all have going into another year with something not feeling right. Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a blue zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies. Joel, I'm uh, ecstatic to be visiting with you again, my friend. Uh, just, uh, you know, as the most famous farmer in the world, you have put out so much incredible information. Uh, but something that has has kind of caught my attention a little bit lately that uh, I, I wanted to dive in with you is I feel like everybody or most people can feel something's off in the world. And so that leads me to start thinking about, like, what is that and where where are we headed? And so you've recently come up with a new work of art and have some answers to that. So if you don't care, Joel, tell us, uh, tell us what, what your perception, uh, is on, on what's going on. Yeah. My, my perception. So the, the most common thing that I hear from people today as I travel around and everything is, um, is I, I want to disentangle to me, disentangle. Um, in other words, uh, people feel wrapped up, uh, you know, ensnared, you could say, but, but tangled up in, in a, in a, they, um, we've got, we've got stuff on the border. We've got, you know, crime rampant in the cities. We've got, uh, uh, nobody trusts the fed. I mean, the, the level of trust in iconic American institutions from high, from, from high, from schools to colleges to, um, you know, to the, the economy to obviously elected officials and whatever um, has never, has never been as low. I mean, these, these are em, empirical data points that, you know, that people that study these things are talking about. And when you have that level of, um, of, of um, disen, disenfranchisement, uh, you know, it, it, it speaks of some pretty large, uh, large cultural issues. And, um, and so I, I think here's the way I like to describe it. If you've ever had a, a wasp nest, you know, on the, like on the back porch, uh, and you know, you go out, you go in and out and in and out, you know, you see this wasp nest up there, you know, it's about, oh, it's about the size of your hand and all these wasps, you know, kind of sit there and they just look like they're all comatose, you know, they're just sitting there like, okay, just hanging out here. And, um, well, they don't bother you. you know, it's okay. Occasionally you see one fly off and come back. And then one day you're, you're like cleaning on the back, cleaning on the back porch or something. you got a broom and you accidentally hit the rafter that the nest is on with the, with the broom handle. Now they don't come after you right away, but you hear this 
you, you look and and suddenly all of them are are like you know they're ready to take off. They're yet this you know this, and, and that's why I feel our culture is right now. Many people of us are like a that disturbed wasp nest. We, we're not sure. We're not sure what disturbed us. We're not sure all the ramifications, but 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 we know we know that we'd better be, you know, we're we're more aware. We're you know we're looking for additional information, and we're we're trying to figure out other things. I, I think I think um, the 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 new four hundred one k plan is trying to live next to people who know how to grow things, fix things, and build things, and um, and that's what's creating what I call the homestead tsunami is, is this, this mass exodus of people from cities to country as people um, become, you know, concerned about the way things are going and uh, from, from, you know, food security to, to Putin and Ukraine fertilizer costs, um, you know, processing plants blowing up or burning down or whatever. I mean, there's, all sorts of you know strange things kind of going on, and um, and and not the least of which is the meddlesome government in intervening in everything from EVs to solar farms to uh, fake meat, lab cultured, and whatever, and uh, and, and you know mandatory jabs, and uh, we can go down that rabbit hole too. But um, you know we're we're we're, ju- we're just we're just seeing a a, a kind of confluence of a lot of concerning things in the culture. And so I just feel like when I, when I encounter people, everybody's like one of those disturbed wasps, you know, we're, we're not sure where we're going to run. We're not sure where we are. We're not sure all the, all the ramifications, but we know we better not just be sleeping, sleeping. You know, we, we, we'd better, we'd better get up and get our wings, uh, you know, get our wings ready and, and, and be ready to do something. I think the wasp analogy is uh, perfect. I think that's exactly what I feel is that wasps on alert. And um, so, yeah, I love I love that you use that. Joel, one thing that I heard was during during COVID, the people that got into raising backyard chickens is estimated at somewhere above a million new individuals raising chickens. So does that play into to what you're talking about with just kind of reaching for some sort of security? Yes, a- absolutely. Uh, you know, when there is dysfunction and instability within a culture, people gravitate toward uh, something that they can that they can viscerally control. Uh, and that's all part of this disentanglement. How do I how do I reduce my dependency on either on either people who are incompetent? or people who have maybe nefarious agendas. I mean, think about this, Logan. Bill Gates makes no apologies for believing that the only way to save humanity is for about two-thirds of us to die. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't been quiet about that. You know, we're, we, we, we've got to reduce the population. Now, I want you to just think a minute. Just think, and of course, he's, you know, he's a powerful guy. He's got money in all sorts of things. Just imagine if you really believed that you would save humanity by killing two thirds of it, what could you morally and ethically justify doing? Anything. Anything. Exactly. Exactly. You got it. Bingo. Exactly. Anything. Anything is on the table. And I, I, and I think that that is the, 
that is the kind, I mean, you've got Klaus Schwab at, uh, you know, World Economic Forum. Uh, in five years, nobody's going to own anything and you're not going to want to. And we're all going to be happy about it. Uh, I mean, the, these are bold statements by people who are friends of, you know, the movers and shakers of the world. And so, uh, so many of us are trying to build, a, you know, uh, build an independent nest, if you will and and uh and come out from under that under that entanglement there, i think there's an intuitive understanding in the heart of a lot of people that if the wheels fall off you don't want to be in the city yeah 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 um so let's let's get into that because i think that you've you've pretty much described what that feeling is that a lot of us have so let's let's get into some of the action steps of of how we shore up a more resilient food system. And I like, you know, the homesteading where we're doing it for ourselves. How do we work with, you know, local farmers? What does, what does all that look like in some, you know, stages of, of these solutions? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so, you know, the food system is essentially a, a four component, a four component system. You've got production, processing, marketing, and distribution. Those are kind of the four. I mean, you know, we we can argue about if there's five or six or whatever. But 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 for me, it's easy to just look at these four. You got production, processing, because no, nobody wants a live chicken on their table, right? You got to get the guts out of it. You got you got to get the feathers and the guts off, you know. Um, and, and and then marketing. Uh, you know, th this is the whole you know selling and and marketing uh, aspect. And then and then distribution. You know, you you got to you got to get it somewhere. And so these are the kind of the four components. So let's start with the production component on a farm. So, you know, when when Putin invaded Ukraine and fertilizer jumped 400 um, percent and all the farmers were on, you know, the main the, the media whining and complaining about, no, no, what are we going to do? We can't get this. We just laughed at our place because we don't buy any of it. OK, and um and so, so one of the first things from a production standpoint you can do is get disentangled from, you know, from those, that, that global uh, supply network and try to bring, bring home things. Now, do we buy some fuel? Yes, we certainly do. But we buy about, we, we buy a, a lot less than most people um, because we are a, a highly a management people centric outfit, not a not a machinery energy uh, intensive outfit, and so we have replaced a lot of depreciable uh, infrastructure inputs and 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 machinery with with people and um, and management, and th those things then. Uh, change the equity equation equation on the farm because um, because people don't appreciate they tend to to up they don't depreciate they tend to appreciate you know as they get more knowledgeable and skillful I mean until they finally get you know really really old like I am and, and then you know then you start to go downhill but but you know uh, until then you know that that skill level management so what what that means is our equity on the farm is is in is in um, is in knowledge, skill, and customers, okay? On the average farm, 
the equity isn't in those things. The, the equity is in is in depreciable, capital intensive, energy intensive, uh, and in many ways pharmaceutically intensive things. And of course, that juggernaut is continuing unabated with the with the promises of precision agriculture, AI, and and your cows swallowing you know swallowing uh, um, antenna uh, transponders so that everything from her burps to her farts can get, you know, loaded up into, <laughs> into, uh, you know, the, the data of everything. And, um, and, and so, so, uh, so production, weaning your way away from, you know, those things processing. Okay. So what is a, what is a disentangled processing? Well, it looks like a lot of community, small scale slaughterhouses and canneries and, and things like that. Uh, cottage industry, you know, um, uh, people who, who make cheese right on their dairy, like dairy farmers who send the milk right into a tank and make cheese out of it or ice cream, you know, that kind of thing. So, so you have, you have a very integrated system rather than segregated where farmers are simply raw, raw product uh, uh, um, commodity brokers who are selling into value adding somewhere else. You're, you're back bringing that value added back to the farm marketing. Well, it means, that you're going to uh, sell primarily in your in your uh, in your locale in your in your community, and you're going to have a a branded story, a branded story that that attracts people to it. In other words, you're you're selling because it's it's uh, it's more nutritious, not because it's cheaper, uh, but because it it, it you know it, it it saves the world. It grows earthworms. It uh, you know, feed your microbiome. It won't give you diarrhea. You know, those are the kind of marketing messages. And then finally, you know, distribution then distribution becomes collaborative. Uh, for example, on our farm, we, we, uh, we work with about 10 or 12 uh, f- um, food and fiber artisans in the area that, that, that can put their stuff on our truck when it goes into town. Uh, we actually work with a, a, a distributor that's selling stuff for the Amish. A bunch of horse and buggy Amish got together, created a co-op. They hired a non-Amish guy to drive a truck. Well, we've now put our stuff on their truck. And so it wow. saves us all. And that guy gets, you know, more, more volume in his truck where, you know, that that's a big deal. But, but it, so, so we, we, so we get advantages of scale, but they're regional scale. It's not Amazon. It's not Walmart. It's, it, 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 it's a bioregional type of scale. And so, uh, so those are the, the sorts of things that I think that we'll see um, and are seeing a, in a response to this, to this overriding lack of trust and, and lack of, uh, of actual um, um, uh, not, not just credibility, but, but but the the ability the lack of being the, the fragility the fragility of that long chain of custody that we saw really manifested in 2020 with the empty store shelves and and the the uh, extermination of thousands and thousands of pigs and chickens because you couldn't get them processed you know we never stopped processing we never exterminated anything why because small slaughterhouse short chain of custody people centric no pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, it, it, it's just more resilient. 
centralized is a term that a lot of like uh, the, you know, Bitcoiners and crypto enthusiasts will use. Uh, I've got a buddy that has decentralized radio and that's really like his whole topic. It's even the finances, it's health, it's agriculture. And I think that you laid out a really good support case for regenerative agriculture on that production side. Um, And I don't know, Joel, until just now, it just kind of hit me. Regenerative is decentralized it is localized just kind of by definition and so what what are your thoughts on on this so so i recently read the book and interviewed uh, matt who had a fiat food and he laid out a beautiful history and argument for why our food is so cheap. Why this centralization has occurred? Uh, the corporatocracy that it really kind of dictates a lot of the legislation that we have. Mm-hmm. So, what what are your thoughts on on the money side, the the finance side? Have you come up with anything that might be a viable solution to break apart in that aspect? Uh, well, I'll tell you this: um, in twenty twenty one. Our T-bone steaks were cheaper than Costco. First time in history. First time that ever happened. And and it struck me that as things become more um, what more disturbed as as this as what you and I've been talking about uh, becomes as these disturbances become deeper and more common, we're going to see the um, we're going to see those disturbances have economic impact within the industry, whether it's, you know, uh, um, high path avian influenza, you know, that's, that's just, that's on the, on the, on the horizon of every industrial chicken farm, you know, is, is this, this, I mean, they, they just go to bed at night, those guys uh, paranoid, you know, about avian influenza. We don't, we don't even think about it, you know? Um, And, even though we've got thousands and thousands of chickens. Why? Because, um, you know, our, our chickens have a good immune system and, and they're not concentrated. Yeah. We raise thousands of chickens, but they're, they're decentralized They're So, so we believe in scale in scale by duplication. So for example, rather than having a centralized, uh, let's say with chickens for a minute, a centralized chicken slaughterhouse that does, you know, um, 200,000 chickens a day, Instead, you would have um, you would have twenty neighborhood slaughterhouses employing you know a dozen maybe twenty people uh, that would do that would do a couple thousand a day, and and and, and they're 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 scattered all around. And so what happens? So so what you do is you you diversify, you decentralize. I like your word. Uh, you decentralize throughout the landscape and now and now you don't override the ecological nest or carrying capacity or immunological function you don't override that with too great a concentration i mean we all know that in biological systems you you can't just you can't pile everything on at, at one spot um, you, you can't do that with people you can't do that with potatoes you can't do that with flowers um you know, nature nature uh, gets volume by sheer um, by by duplication uh, and, and and diversification. So on the money side, on the money side, what I see 
is that those of us who aren't dependent on as much petroleum, who aren't dependent on, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin for our fertilizer, who aren't dependent on, you know, the, uh, uh, the Teamsters to you know, the 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 truckers unions, all right, to transfer our goods. Um, those of us who aren't dependent on those things, we are gradually, we are gradually coming um, what coming closer with price, um, and 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 as these black swans, um, you know, develop. I think that we're going to see a greater and greater um, uh, opportunity for those of us who are really producing authentic food to be able to be priced similarly to, uh, to what's in the store. The cost, Logan, the cost of just human resources now since, since COVID, just since COVID, think about the cost that companies have installed for uh, for biosecurity for for their workers for their employees, you know, uh, since since COVID, but at our slaughterhouse that we co-own, we've got what twenty employees, and we we haven't had to implement any of those things, and and, and so because there's so few of us, and we're all spread out in this you know in this plant, and we don't have you know. Uh, 20 people in one room working on something we might have at the most, you know, three people in one room. And, and so, so those kinds of, of, of freedoms, those kind of liberties and freedoms within the system are creating, um, are creating economies. They're creating uh, economic viability that we literally didn't have before. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, when our prices will get, I, I'll tell you this, here's a little interesting little anecdote. So last spring in 2023, we finally, you know, figured out the packaging and the way so that we could ship eggs, we could ship eggs nationwide from here. Okay. And I said, Oh, come on. There's no way you can compete financially. Who's going to buy Nobody's going to buy eggs, you know, ship from us to, in the year since. We can now ship eggs to Boston, Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, cheaper than they can get eggs at the farmer's market. Wow. Why is that? Well, it's because when you defund the police, you raise the taxes, and you regulate everything with a pile of bureaucrats, the cost of doing business is so high in those, and I don't want to get all political here, but but those areas, those areas, the cost of doing business is so high that that it enables somebody like us who lives out here on a dirt road in a conservative area with no crime, low taxes. You know, uh, we can now we can now compete um, financially in those in those areas. It, it's quite a, it, I've never seen this. It's quite an inversion. And um, and I, I can tell you, it's uh, it's an interesting trend. It will it will be interesting to see how it you know how it goes. But uh, it certainly is a trend because we you know uh, when when Tyson in 2021 Tyson raised their beef prices uh, over 30 percent in in those 12 months over 30 percent. Now they've come down since they've come down since. But what I'm getting at is with everything that was happening. We only raised ours 10%. 
because we didn't have the, the stress pressures that those great big monolithic centralized uh, outfits had. And yeah. so, you know, when, when, when you're, when you're trying to navigate uh, a, a rocky, uh, you know, rocky shoals, you don't want to be in an aircraft carrier. You want to be in a little speedboat, you know? So we're a little speedboat, right? And we can navigate those rocky shoals while these great big aircraft carriers, uh, you know, it takes them, takes them 20 miles to turn around. I love that. I love that. Um, this this whole movement of of questioning seems to really rear its head around uh, Bitcoiners, the carnivore movement, regenerative ag, homesteaders, preppers. What what do you see as that uh, you know common thread with that? Because while while I see them coming together slowly, they really haven't been like this magnetic just pop together like. I would think, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on that are that everybody, everybody has their expertise or their, their little, you know, their little thing about knowledge. I, I, I know this. I mean, look, you, you can't be an expert at everything. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, one of the reasons I haven't bought Bitcoin, I don't understand it. I, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not disinterested in it. But I, you know, I'm not a computer guy. I mean, you know, I'm I'm still a, I, I'm still a, I'm still a flip phone guy. Okay, my flip You're phone. Flip you know, I, I can't even get a right name on my shirt. You know, I'm I'm Eric. You know, from the uh, I'm the janitor. You know, Eric. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, um, all of us have our spheres of expertise, and I think I think a great kind of a anecdotal story to to explain this was back goodness, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, as, as Teresa and I started getting some notoriety, you know, there's this young couple, uh, they don't have any money, and they're on this little farm, and they're making a living on a farm, and we started getting media attention and stuff, and people would start coming, and at that time, virtually, every, uh, I'm going to say 90% of our farm visitors were, uh, were, were liberal uh, tree huggers. You know, they were environmentalist, uh, you know, liberal um, tree huggers, earth muffins. And, and then, and then early nineties, here comes the, the homeschool movement. The homeschool movement took off. And, um, and as, and, and then within, within just a couple of years of the homeschool movement, really getting traction, suddenly our farm visitors were about half and half conservatives and liberals. And, and, and what I kept hearing was, well, you know, we, we didn't like what we saw in the public school. So we pulled our kids out. We started homeschooling. And, man, it has been such a wonderful experience. We started asking, well, what else have we been missing? You know, um, and that's what happens. And so what I see, you're saying Bitcoin, Carnivore, all the um, preppers, all these things, you know, uh, they're people, you know, putting a uh, solar panels. I mean, there's also, you know, rocket stoves. I mean, there's, you know, there's a million things going on right now. And what it is, I think some people are inter are really, um, um, you know, computer, uh, whatever financial nerds. Okay. And they just, you know, they just love this stuff. This Bitcoin is cryptocurrency, all that. Some people are, 
are, are having health issues and they're desperate to find an answer to their health problem. And so they're researching and they're looking and they're, you know, Googling and finding Weston A. Price Foundation and, you know, uh, uh, carnivore and, and, and whatever. Other people are um, are interested in energy. You know, they're, they're concerned, oh man, you know, we're not going to have energy. So, you know, they're into solar and windmills and, and um, you know, making alcohol and, and whatever. Um, so, and what happens is there, there are so many great solutions now in all these spheres that, that they find truth. They find truth. They find, okay, this works. Okay. And what happens then is when they find themselves, whatever their, their curiosity and their, their fears allayed and their curiosity satiated. Oh, I've found, you know, I found an answer here. I found truth. Okay. Well, next thing they're saying is, well, well, what else is there? Uh, you know, where, where else do I need to find truth? And so then they start down, they, you know, they, Oh, I heard about this guy that's got an energy solution. I heard about this guy that's got, you know, uh, a dietary, you know, health solution and blah, blah, blah. And, and so then th they start to loosely collaborate uh, and, and get together in this kind of self-reliant, uh, independent disentanglement movement. Um, but, 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 but everyone, at least everyone that I've met, and of course, you know, my expertise is, is how to farm without chemicals. Okay. How to, you know, how to farm without energy and chemicals and all that stuff. And, and so that's, that's what, that's what I can bring to the table. But, but I find myself drawn to anyone that has a solution for money, a solution yeah. for, you know, for health, a solution for energy, uh, all these things. I'm interested in all of it. And so you get these, these wonderful, you know, uh, um, you know, collaborative things uh, where people, you know, kind of come together, but, but you, you know, have, you have gurus, gurus throughout that, that provide the threads and then we've got to weave our own tapestry. I love that. I, I agree. I think you're spot on, on with that. Um, well, let's dive in a little bit more of the ag then. Um, what's, what's some of the biggest things about agriculture that just kind of drive you crazy? And I want to I start by this one. When I see in a grocery store that chickens are fed 100% vegetarian diet, it just makes me want to explode. So what, uh, what is it for you that, uh, that does that? Ah. Uh. Well, I guess for me, it's probably the um, it's probably just in general, the, in the broadest sense, it's the marketplace manipulation and intervention from the government, especially the federal government. You know, if, if we did not have the, the federal government subsidizes that, that now, now that they don't like subsidies. So now they call it crop insurance. But but they they give they give special financial concessions to six six things. You know, corn, soybeans, wheat, cotton, rice, and sugarcane. Okay, those are the six things that the government subsidizes. What happens when you when the federal government intervenes in the marketplace and subsidizes one sector? It 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 skews everything. It it ma it makes things dishonest. And so what happens is uh, a, a, a Snickers bar then becomes cheaper than a carrot. 
and, and you have all these weird uh, skewings in the marketplace, including, you know, the whole food pyramid, the, the my plate thing telling us what to eat. Uh, you know, the, the, the government is telling us what to eat, the school lunch program, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing. And so, um, I'm, I'm very happy to, to go one-on-one to go up against Monsanto, Cargill, you know, I, I can do that. That's no problem. The problem is that the, the agri-industrial complex is the, the great big, you know, Cargill, Tyson, whatever, Iowa beef packers in collusion with the U.S. duh. I call it the U.S. duh. And, and so, so, so when I have a discussion with a neighbor farmer or a potential customer, it's not just me against the corporate message. It's me against the corporate and the credentialed land grant university, uh, U.S. dub, you know, all this. Uh, and, and, and it, and it, it, um, you know, it makes them have their finger on the scale. I, I, I could, I could, I think I could win a debate really easily with the corporate, with, with my peers in the business, in the agriculture business sector. What makes the debate difficult is when you have the whole governmental bureaucracy, uh, all the academics, the education, the land grant university, all this stuff, you have them pumping out, pumping out um, propaganda. They call it science, but it's really propaganda uh, to, to skew, to skew the discussion. And, um, and, and, and that, you know, that, that makes it difficult. Two things that popped up as you were going through that one is, uh, Alan Savory. And when he speaks about the wicked problems of institutions, it really just kind of, it's not logical anymore once we get to, to that level. And, and the other is, uh, you know, Charles Munger's quote, incentives dictate outcome. And so when we're really thinking about why the decisions are made legislatively, we follow the money. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious, right? So even with you, you'd mentioned land grant institutions, what you have laid out from the beginning, just to kind of tie this all out is how we get away from that centralized control by decentralizing and supporting this localized food system. Mm -hmm. So I think that, Part of why homesteading is exploding, and I, I want your opinion on this, is that we don't have that infrastructure in those four those four categories that you laid out, from the production to the distribution. And so, in order to kind of have a solution, you they try to do it themselves, right? So, I think that we've got a disconnect there, where we have got to have maybe Joel, maybe it's, it's simply education. How do we teach people to run a grocery store? How do we teach people to farm as you've done for, for many years? How do we teach distribution and all in like a conscious capitalist type of way? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, I think we teach it, you know, there, you, you mentioned a couple of uh, little sayings there. Um, necessity is the mother of invention too. That's, that's a good old one. And so as, as things begin to, uh, collapse and as people as people don't trust Tyson as much as people don't trust Jolly Green Giant or or you know n- name your name your big you know um, Heinz uh, or Nestle or Coca Cola or whatever as as people's trust in these 
uh, big outfits wanes, then the necessity is to create what we call a parallel universe. So, so um, you know, John Bush in Texas has started these uh, conferences called Exit and Build. And, and, and I, lo- I love the idea. In other words, he's saying you exit the, exit the system, but then you have to build something over here. And, and it follows along a lot uh, of the idea that fear. So a lot of the things that, that people, you know, what, what makes that, that, uh, that back to the wasp nest analogy, you know, what brought, what brought them, you know, awake was fear. Something's attacking us. You know, we're, we're getting ready to be attacked. And many of us feel like, you know, we're, we're being attacked by bureaucrats. We're being attacked by, by, by bankers. We're being attacked by, uh, you know, by criminals in the city, you know, crime is rampant. And, and so, so we, we feel that attack and that fear, that fear makes us want to run. You know, we want to run to uh, run away, but you can't run away forever. At some point you have to stop and by faith, embrace something better, embrace something different. And so what we're seeing right now, for example, is a, is a, an exploding uh, number. I'll just give you one example of, of, um, of web, web page and, and internet nerds that are creating platforms for farmers like us to be able to direct market. I mean, if you'd have told me five years ago, you're going to be shipping nationwide, I'd have said, you're, you know, you're nuts. There's no way we're going to, we're going to do this. And, um, and, and, and here we are. And it's, it's suddenly become, you know, uh, 30, 35% of our sales. We never would have imagined it. And it, it just, it just continues, continues to grow. Why? Because people in the city, they're, they don't want to come out of their house because they're afraid of being mugged. So they'd rather get it in a box delivered to their doorstep, they can, you know, furtively <laughs> open the door, grab the box and bring it back in. And they don't have to go out and, and, and face, you know, being mugged on their way to a grocery store and so, or, or carjacked or whatever. And so, so as, as things, as things uh, move, there are people with all sorts of expertise, collaborative expertise, internet expertise um, uh, that, that, that are, that are working together um, you know, to, to make it just, just like I said, you know, we're now, we're now jumping on a, on an Amish, uh, Amish delivery truck. That's funny, isn't it? Amish delivery truck. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're jumping on that. And, and it means that we don't have, we don't have to have the expense of our truck and, and it, and they are in the business and they're going anyway. So let's collaborate with, you know, these guys, and let's put our stuff on. And so, um, and so those kind of collaborative uh, arrangements, I think the market, that localization, that the, the localization of everything that the globalists have created. I mean, think about that. The globalists created efficient distribution, UPS, FedEx, you know, all that, that was, uh, uh, shoot. Um, uh, Commerce, uh, PayPal, uh, you know, Squarespace, my you know, whatever. Uh, I'm already over my pay grade here, but um, but the you know all of these things were developed by the globalists, but they have now they're now being co-opted. All that technology 
is being co-opted by localization to make it easy for us. I mean, when we started, Logan, when we started, how did I communicate with my customers? I sent a snail mail newsletter. You know, I had to make a phone call. You know, I had to come in from the farm, make a phone. Now, now we can preset emails to an email list. And while I'm out raking hay, the computer reads, oh, uh, it's two o'clock on Friday afternoon. Time to send out these thousand, these thousand email reminders. It does all that automatically pre-programmed a month in advance on a rainy day. I don't even have to look at it and the orders come in. I mean, that is the coolest thing in the world. So we are not, we are not impotent. This local food system is not impotent. We have tools now that are making it possible for us to do things we could have never thought of before. I mean, it's the same thing in domestic culinary arts. I'm a big proponent of the fact that we cannot have an authentic food system until we get back in the kitchen. You cannot abdicate, you cannot abdicate domestic culinary arts and have and have an integrity food system. Um, you know, you've got to know some things. Well, so, you know, so when people push back and say, oh, you know, um, you're telling you're telling us, you know, we're, we're busy. We, we can't be in the kitchen. Oh, listen, you've got time bank. You've got Instapot. You've got crock pots, uh, hot and cold running water. We're not talking about going to, to great grandma's kitchen, you know, running to the spring with a wooden bucket to get water to put in a cook's you know, wood cook stove to have water. No, no, no. You know, we've got refrigerators. We've got all this stuff. Uh, uh, so, you know, we, 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 we can, we can use those kinds of miniaturized tools that were developed by the industry to make hot pockets and lunchables by the tractor trailer load. But the technology, the, the, the spinners and the beaters and the a little electric motors and the whatever have been miniaturized to kitchen scale to, to, enable a newly released, uh, uh, you know, ease, uh, simplicity of domestic culinary arts. And so this is the way those kind of things happen. You, you, you know, you get out and you let, you know, Texas Instruments, you know, you're, you're a lot younger than I am. I remember, I remember when the very first pocket calculator came out. And I mean, the only person that had it in school was like, you know, the math nerd, you know, and they were $200 and everybody gathered around and look, look, look at this, look at this little, you know, I mean, and, 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 uh, and, and one, one, one guy, I remember, I remember the, the, I remember the, the first guy that got one, you know, he was the only one in the whole high school that had one. It was, it was strange. Now, you know, you get these things for whatever, you know, seven ninety nine or, uh, or, or for free if you open a bank account. Um, and 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 that's that's the diffusion of innovation. And what we're seeing now, I, I I hope not running on too long, but but I hope that that this innovation that we've seen in in the in the big scale, the global, the corporate sector is being miniaturized and democratized down to the local level, including including the internet, which was supposed to service you know the big globalists, and now my website, my website looks exactly like Walmart's website. When you look at our websites, you can't tell the difference from a storefront a storefront standard, you can't tell the difference between us and Walmart. 
And that's the ultimate democratization of market access. So there's there's a lot of things that we can be hopeful for, right? So yes. there's it, it's not all doom and gloom. That's uh, right. you know that's my biggest takeaway. It's like we can utilize the technology for for the the mission, right? The decentralization, the yes. the profitability on these local food systems. So what what is next for you, my friend? What is uh, 2024 going to look like with the the different classes and courses and tours and and what what do you got going on this year? Oh man, uh, we are so excited for this year. We we've got a lot of cool things coming up. Uh, I mean, the first one's going to be in May at the the, the Rogue Food Conference. So uh, we've now built a, um, a, a back in uh, 20, 2022, uh was the first year we had our Lunatic Learning Center. We bought it in, built it in the winter of of twenty twenty one twenty two. So it was ready for the twenty twenty two. So we're we're having these uh, gatherings. And um, our, our first one for the year is going to be in May, the Rogue Food Conference. We're going to have Catherine Austin Fitz, the founder of Solari, is going to be our keynoter. Of course, Congressman Tom Massey will be here. And, uh, and, and, and this is all about empowering farmers to circumvent food regulations and not comply. So all sorts of techniques and loopholes, legal loopholes and things to be able to, to sell to your neighbor without a bureaucrat involved and a license and all that stuff. So uh, this will be our seventh one, I think. Uh, we had one in Washington last year. Uh, we've done them in Florida, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, we're going to Dallas this fall with it. Um, it it's, it's really rogue food, rfc.com, you know, you can, or rfc.org. You can look it up and, and that's going to be fun. Um, and then, we're going to be we're going to be uh, doing the Stockman Grass Farmer Gathering here uh, this year, and uh, man, do we have a lineup! We've got uh, you know we've got Kit Pharaoh coming, we've got um, uh, you know uh, Darren Doherty, the Regrarians founder, um, Dan Kittredge, founder of the Bionutrient Food Association, um, John Kempf, uh, ag um, whatever it is, agroeco uh, agronomist. Um, so, you know, just, just a, a stellar lineup of, of folks developing uh, a couple interesting things that are developing, um, talk about, you know, uh, localization of global interest. Um, so we've just, uh, yesterday I inked the deal with the, the Coast Guard, the U S Coast Guard, they host a, um, a 12 week course with international military officers from around the world who come for 12 weeks and learn whatever uh, the American Coast Guard can teach them. And one of the one of the little modules is a module on American free enterprise. You know how American free enterprise uh, works. You know to to re how it works. And they've contacted us, and they want me to do that module. So they're going to bring all those officers here from around the world for a day. We'll feed them lunch and and we'll tour the farm tour and we'll talk about um, agriculture in an American free enterprise uh, system. Uh, at at least, cool. you know, we're freer than a lot of their countries are with corruption and, and all sorts of things. So it, it is relative. We're not free here. We're, you know, it, it's relative, but but we're better than most of them will, will come from. Um, another interesting thing, I don't know why I'm you know, stuck on a military, but um, another cool thing is, you know, we do these uh, polyface intensive discovery seminars. They're they're two day, six meal. We basically take a week worth of material and cram it into two long days, and and so it's it's intensive. It's really intensive. Well, 
we got, I did a podcast for the, um, for the Navy SEALs Foundation, and they were so taken with this that, and they have a lot of, you know, retired Navy SEALs. So we're going to do a Navy SEALs only uh, seminar for, for them. And so we're going to have, you know, these 30, 35, um, you know, former Navy SEALs come for a, you know, for a regenerative, for, uh, uh, you know, the, the seminar. And so our team here, of course, they want them to stay another day and shoot skeet and, and do some, uh, you know, learn how to, how to break somebody's arm, you know, uh, and, and do that. So you look, you look, you know, the point is there is just really, uh, there is a very broad, I think, it's safe to say there's an incredibly broad interest in in food, in stable food. How do we stabilize food? How do we secure food? And how do we do it in a way that actually builds soil, uh, increases water? You know, do it in a, in a in a in an environmentally friendly way, in an ecologically friendly way. And, and I, I, you know, with, with, with all the climate change and green, all that stuff, um, there's obviously increasing interest in how do we do a carbon centric, a, 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 a carbon plus agriculture. That's a huge, uh, interest. Uh, how do, how do we get the, the food, the, the nutrition up in our food? Uh, how do we do that? So, you know, in, uh, in June, we'll be hosting the Beyond's Label Summit. Where we'll, where we're the the whole two day summit's going to be geared toward detoxification. All right, we've got EMFs, we've got pesticides, we've got all this stuff. How do we detoxify, you know, our bodies and and the environment? So lots of cool things going on. It's going to be a very very exciting customer, um, uh, very exciting summer summer. And uh, and I uh, hope hope a lot of lot of folks will come and take advantage of the you know, the, um, the fellowship that, that you can have, there's nothing like getting together in person with people that, that can offer something to you and you can offer something to them. Uh, that it's a, it's a powerful thing. I love that. That's a lot going on. I may try to get down to Dallas. That's only, that's only four hours for me. So, uh, yeah. that, that might, that might happen. But Absolutely. Joel, thank you for thank you for what you do, brother. Thank you for you know being honest and saying what what you think, and uh, I, I love that. Uh, so thank you for the time. I can't wait to get my hands on your new book. Thank you, thank you very much. It's been an honor to be. Thank you for joining us on Sewing Prosperity. Be sure to follow along across the social media platforms, including YouTube, and be sure to go to sewingprosperity.com.